Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Park. Oh, yeah. Oh, welcome. You gotta get swifty. That's right, Rick. You gotta get swifty in here. It's time to get swifty. Oh, oh. You gotta get swifty. You're listening to the Joey Clark oh, Radio yeah. Hour, folks. Take a- oh, I forgot about that with Rick and Morty. But let's get swifty, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. In studio with me, we've got the guys from, well, some of the guys from Quality Comics. We've got Lee, Mr. Lee Daniels. How you doing, Lee? I am doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and you brought along your friend Hunter. Young Master Hunter Haney, our magic specialist and uh, co-store manager. Young Master. Hello, everyone. Uh, how y'all doing today? Doing all right? Yeah, yeah, been a long day at work today, you know. Yeah. Well, I I was worried about it. Because I've been, you know, at work here for about seven hours, and starting hour eight, and I love Rick and Morty, and I've forgotten whether or not I could play Get Swifty. Uh, you kind of could, but you kind of could. Kind of could, but yeah. he dropped an S-bomb, and that's a rule, by the way, on the radio, because of the F and FCC. Um, we're not allowed. We can use harsh letters, um, but we cannot say the magical words. Well, the, I was pretty sure he said something about a ship. You know, so maybe it was a vacation right, commercial. Right. Take off your pants. Yeah. And, and, go find a ship. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going on a magical comic cruise. <laughs> exactly. Together. Exactly. Though I've I've realized recently, like my uh, iPhone over here, it's so uh, politically correct and like in Puritan even. And I mean politically correct in the largest sense, not just like left-wing political correctness, but it's also like, you know, prim and proper society. Like I said, uh, Siri, play Princess Scarlet Pussycat. And it says playing now Princess Scarlet I'm like, I just told you what the song is. You can say it back to me, Siri. Mine just says, where is your Bible? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And I can't tell you how many times my autocorrect has gone to duck, 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 goose. Well, because a goose attacked me. And I was like, damn, a ducking goose. <laughs> That's a talking goose. That's right. <sighs> hey, the good thing is, on the 12th, when we have our thing, yeah. you will be getting out of here around 7, so you'll still have time to come and check it out because exactly. it's there till 8. Yeah, let's start with that. Um, what is this this thing? It's an anniversary of sorts for Quality Comic. It, it is. It's, uh, it's kind of strange, but we've been in this new location for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've been in business uh, as a brick and mortar for a bit longer than that, several years, in fact. But Brent Meshlin, the owner, actually founded the company 15 years ago. So wow. it's an anniversary of our new location because we've got such a larger variety of things. We've got huge... Floor. You've been in there. You've seen it. It's just yeah. massive. So uh, we got to give you the actual grand tours that are just getting you in and out. But um, yeah, we've got cool. magic cards. That's we've got stuff. Pokemon cards. We've got baseball cards, hockey cards, basketball cards, wrestling cards, probably decks of cards. I don't know. And we've got uh, vintage comic books, new comic books, yeah. 
uh, action figures, statues. I mean, literally, if it's geek culture, collectibles, the fun stuff, and that's kind of what he says. You know, I named it Quality Comics because I want quality stuff, but it's about fun. It's about bringing people into something that they don't ordinarily get. Yeah, and I've actually... I've gone through a weird uh, I guess people sometimes go through midlife crises early in life and I had some pr- pretty <laughs> legitimate reasons things changed very quickly in life but as I'm coming out of college I got very austere like very uh, I'm going to drink my coffee black and my whiskey straight right. <laughs> and sometimes combine the two because I'm not happy with the world and I'm not can. Well, and then because I can, and like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And you it must was, not have gone to Faulkner. No, <laughs> not at all. No, I don't think I I'm, would have done. I'm a that. recent grad myself, so well, that's awesome. Congrats! But I don't. Th- I went to Auburn, and oh, yeah. I, I think you know I, Auburn served me well. But it was more just my own issues, and it was a little more than general depression. But I, I'm bringing this up because I also sort of uh, neglected. Like, all the stuff I used to nerd out and geek out on when I was younger and still do to this day. You forget to have fun. Exactly. Right. Life for- gets so serious. You forget to have fun. Yeah, it's like always must learn, make the unholy dollar. And, you right. know, and I've remembered things. Things came back to me. Um, for instance, you brought in, and thank you so much, some old, like, wrestling trading cards. Right, right. 1991, I think. So, And that's before I was watching, but I've, like, when I'm not doing radio and I'm not reading, like, the Atlantic's culture section or politics or whatever, I am listening to wrestling podcasts. And not just about the recent stuff, but the old stuff. Right. So, like, when I'm pulling out these cards, I handed it to my roommates. He's another, like, my brother, brother. Come on, brother. <laughs> like, I want you to pull it out and, like, uh, and the cards, too. And uh, I, I want you to, uh, you know, like say, and we're just going through, oh, look at this Ric Flair one. Like, is that is that Teddy Long, a young Teddy right, Long? Right. It's like Brutus Barber Beefcake? No, no. What about Kevin Nash and that one with the long, <laughs> yeah. you know, go, uh, golden locks yeah, hinged in Auburn, yeah. right? Oh, and it's, That dude was a beast. Well, and what it reminded me of is, like, why sort of collectibles and cards and like whether action figures or figurines or whatever it is and whatever you're into it's more than just a material thing or possession right. it, it reminds you it's like a it's, like, it, it's a little joy a little reminder right. well you know when you hit upon the thing there was a time and, and a lot of kids don't relate to it and they don't understand when their father or their mother uh, press upon them that mindset that you know, you you the Bible was literal, man. If you follow the Bible, when you grew up, you put away childish things, yeah. everything. Yeah. And you you thought about retirement from the time you were old enough to work till you retired, and you did this and you did that, and you went by the formula. And you know, it's kind of like when you walk into a shop like ours, you remember why you're doing all of it. What's the point what if the you're point? not having fun? If you don't embrace your childhood, you can still go out and fish and hunt and be a man and have a family and you know watch a movie. You you can cry with lifetime with your wife and then go buy an action figure. Right? You know that's that's okay now. <laughs> well, it is cool. Where also like I was always told by my parents' generation with video games, like you'll never this will never help you in life. And let me tell you about that. Exactly, man. I've got. A collection of about a thousand uh, with my fiance. We've got about a thousand games. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. awesome. And you know, I've I've made an investment out of it. You know, I've been able to 
buy and sell, and when I need to, I can sell. If I need to, I can keep them. If I want to play them, I can keep them as long as I want. You know, a lot of them are going up in value. You know, exactly. if you know what you're doing, you can you can turn anything into anything into a positive, including that that financial investment. Well, and video games are becoming. I mean, some, especially like the older ones, they they were limited in their capabilities. Yeah. But the video game space is becoming one of the best places for storytelling and immersive kind of working out ideas and themes and like if I told my mom or dad that it's like no I get to play Sonic the Hedgehog on this Genesis all day long because one day I will learn like the hand-eye coordination that will take me to a better game and maybe a program or maybe I don't know it's I I like that you don't put away childish things you keep that little spark Um, so I mean I can relate to a lot as a kid I went through a huge Pokemon phase. Right. And I still kind of <laughs> came back here. Pokemon Go brought it everybody back, man. Pokemon Go. You guys are making me feel super duper old, so yeah. Yeah. it's kind of sucked. But <laughs> well, I'm about to that. throw it to you to be like, what What did you go nuts on? But We me... loved rocks when I was growing up. Rocks? Oh, yeah. They yeah, were they... fun to roll and look for. Like That's how old I am. Or like no, just like wild any rock. Free range rocks. <laughs> Free range rocks. I guess when I was little, they kind of evolved a little bit, and you could buy the ones you would grow hair on. The, right, the that's right. Pets, you, know? right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in that vein, I mean, you're talking about the fun stuff being a tool. Uh, and, and again, not to turn this into a giant advertisement for quality comics, even though I'm turning this into a giant advertisement for quality comics. Hmm. Hunter is our magic uh, manager, and uh, we have tournaments at, at, at different days of the week, uh, Fridays and Saturdays. But, you know, he kept saying, hey, you really need to check this out and learn what we're doing. It's not just a game. And I said, yeah, I'm not. Obviously, the D&D and stuff. He's like, this is D&D, but way smarter. And right. I was kind of offended. But then I sat down with him one night, and if you don't know your math, if you can't count fast, if you can't calculate fast, if you can't strategize, you will not play that game more than about 10 minutes oh, that's walking why away. Some of those games intimidate me. Oh, I just man, didn't magic get into is it. amazing. It, yeah. If somebody said, hey, what tool would you use right now to teach your child basic fundamentals? I would put magic cards in front of them with nothing else and be confident that they would come out in a week a different person. Well, we've got one of our friends, one of our, one of our friends and customers at Quality that is a teacher and he teaches an otaku class you know mm-hmm. all about japanese culture and magic is something that's actually growing very steadily in japanese culture uh and he started teaching them to play his whole class he's got 34 kids in his class and he's brought them out to the store a couple of times and they've had tournaments and uh you know he showed that shown the teachers that their scores are going up in math and things right. because they're able to say hey this and this and this make this and that's going against that and that's going to be you know Right, you know, it, it applies it's, it. It's well, not exactly. just you're learning the rule because exactly, the rule is the exactly. rule. Exactly, and they're and able to do it fast, though. That's the thing. It's killing, you know. You're old great. enough. What are, what are you, 30? I would be 30 December 1st. You're old enough to remember before people were thinking outside the box as far as education. What yeah. would you rather do? Would you rather have a stack of 40 magic cards and work on your math, or would you rather have two sheets of paper and a teacher staring you down or saying, a, come to the blackboard? Or a word problem. Like, <laughs> but, and a very contrived word problem. Right, right. Like, why are we out, talking you know? about these trains and su- Like, it's why are you cutting off the story? Give me a story I can engage with. Right. An actual, maybe a game I can engage with and watch it go. Like, and that's where I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's remarkable. And I think there has been a shift um, with the younger generations. And, of course, a lot of the boomers are the people that started the comic books. And right. I mean, it's I think it's across, it's a love across generations. Uh, but 
I think there's been a blossoming. I don't know if it's the mainstreaming with like superhero movies or what it is. It just I seems. <laughs> is it what do you think it is in the last decade? Because that's say how long Marvel's been kicking with their movies. But in the last decade, it seems to be an explosion beyond just superhero movies, but. All sorts of different geek culture is now mainstream isn't the right word. It's more just accepted that yep. this is what people do. Right. Well, I mean, I think mainstream might be the right word. You, you go down the street and you see the guys my age. You know, I'm 46 and we're we're wearing yeah. you know the superhero T-shirts, and then you see the guys Hunter's age and he's wearing My Hero Academia. So then I walk up to him one day where he used to work and I said, Hey, what is that shirt? It's pretty cool. He said, it's an anime called My Hero Academia. And I've watched every episode so far, and I'm starting to read the the story. And, you know, I'm 46, but I watched yeah. anime when I was younger. And I, I've always liked comics. I think everything is cross-bleeding. There's a lot more openness. It's okay to hang out with somebody 26 or 30 or 40 and it not be weird. So that's one right. thing. You know, you've just got so much. And then plus, the guys making the movies are finally outrageous. And they're in positions where they can say, I want to make a movie about Spider-Man. I want to make a movie about... You know, whatever the the hero is, and there's almost a, a, a appreciation and respect for like, I'm I'm a geek for like wrestling, and I don't know the first thing about like magic, but like there's a <laughs> there's a appreciation, right? Like, and it's grown that way. Where I think it used to be like, oh, I can't admit that, and oh, like yeah. I'm a nerd for Prince or I'm a nerd say. for wrestling. Like, but now people kind of will share their div. I, I, we're kind of the same, but we do it differently. You there, know? there was a way, you know, and and I know growing up for me, a lot of the time it was my parents on me going, hey, don't, it's not okay to like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to, you know, I want to be a wrestler, a baseball player. And, you know, like anime and video games. And draw and paint. Right. And, and paint and draw. Yeah, I had, you know, 10 art classes in high school. <laughs> like, you uh, wouldn't know like because that. of this short conversation. But Hunter's an amazing bass player. Hunter's an right. amazing magic player. You know, he's an amazing, uh, uh, you know, worker. He brings so wow. much to what he does. But you would never know that if you didn't stop and respect each other's likes. Like, you <laughs> love wrestling. So when I heard that, I was like, I got all these cards. Yeah. I got to get it to him. I don't care about wrestling anymore. Well, but it was, you love it. Yeah. it. It was so repressed, though. And a lot of us, you know, younger, and this could be going on for 20, 30 years. Don't, don't do this. Don't You're do this. Don't do this. Someday, and someday. whenever we all grow up, we're like, you know what? We're going to like what we want. And now that there's a whole bunch of us that all like this stuff, we all respect each other's stuff that we like, you know? Well, and here's the great thing. You can make money doing it. Exactly. Too. We're all sitting around here making a living right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life is good. Crazy. And I love it. Like, there's a boom in the spoken word industry, podcasting and radio's doing all right. Talk radio's doing all right, whether it's terrestrial or XM or again the internet. Right. Um, and that in that market, it's like you you can search for whatever type of show out there and somebody's talking about it. Right, right. And that's, right. that's really fascinating to me that where that all this stuff used the word is repressed is now sort of coming out into the open. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat it and we're there's also a lot of weird crap the internet, for instance, oh, yeah. has unleashed because of the internet is right. such a good excuse. <sighs> oh, the internet. But, you know, back to uh, what I opened up the show with very shortly uh, and, and with Rick and Morty. When you're doing this anniversary thing, again, what is the date? It is October 12th, which is this Friday. This Friday. Uh, the the doors open to the store at 10 a.m. Right. So we've got a huge sale uh, that goes all day. It's 10% off all single cards of any kind in store. Uh, 10% off of all the toys and statues in store. 
half off all back issues in store. And the reason I keep saying in stores, we have a lot of things online right. that yeah. the sale doesn't apply to. But we have hundreds and hundreds of toys and thousands of comic books that are going on sale. The toys are anywhere from 50 to 75% off. We've got $2 bins, and then we've got thousands of dollar comic books. So that's all day Friday and all day Saturday. But there's a special... But from uh, 4 to 5, between special. 4 and 5, the Rick Mobile will be rolling in, and it'll stay till 8 o'clock. And uh, they're supposed to have specific merchandise just to the Rick Mobile. Um, you know, of course... Uh, Shining the light on Rick and Morty, and it's kind of exclusive. It's hard to get. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's what I was t- uh, talking about on Saturday with Jay. Is you don't just call up and get the Rickmobile. You have to kind of have a little bit of weight behind your establishment, yeah. and that's one of the things with all this time in the business that Brent has built. Uh, you know, he's got a very successful online business and a pretty successful brick and mortar, and uh, that yeah. gives an oppor- you know some opportunities that obviously you otherwise would not have. So it's a pretty big deal for us. We just rearranged the entire store. We've got probably 30% of our inventories on sale, literally, to try to move it out because we had to eliminate fixtures and create space for our growing magic players and for our uh, growing new comics. I mean, you know, you, some something's got to go with something else that's coming in. So, well, And I just, I'm, I don't know, I'm not as... Uh, so the Rick and Morty fans, there are certain people who are fans and they're fans. Right. And that's one of those shows that I think inspires kind of a, a cult around the show in a good way. I mean, that is... Well, they told us to expect, on a city, they said, based on the city your size, expect 2,000 to 3,000 people. Now, I don't see that happening, but wow. we're going to prepare for it, you know, as much as we can. Well, I mean, I would consider myself a casual fan, and, and I bring up Rick and Morty because, like, I've consumed a lot of television and a lot of online material. That show is one that is incredibly refreshing given all the crap that's out there to watch. Crap that I love, that I enjoy. That show never fails to kind of uh, give me a mind deaf. Like, it just kind of Fs me in the head, but it's also very funny (laughs) and and dark. And the type of humor that's dark and a little bit messed up at times. Even if you don't like it, you think about it. It's dark, but it's got a heart to it uh, that grounds it. It's just It's hard not to watch it. Right. Yeah. Like a car wreck kind of way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You you wanna you wanna see what happens, but you also don't wanna you don't wanna look away, but you wanna look away. Well, and it reminds me when I try to describe Rick and Morty to somebody who's never seen it, it's like I'm trying to describe wrestling again to somebody who's never really gotten into it. It's right. like you have to see the pickle rick episode. You've got to see this outtake. Oh, speaking of that, we I'm just gonna go ahead and say we are not gonna have any Szechuan sauce. Please don't show up for Szechuan sauce. <laughs> <laughs> for folks who don't know, that was featured. I can't remember what episode. Goodness, but and it it was long been not at McDonald's. No Szechuan sauce at McDonald's. I think it was at all. like Mulan, you know. What yeah, like in the late nineties, and so they brought it back because of Rick and Morty. But they didn't ironically, have- they, they it was ironically, and that's <laughs> the funny course. thing. And then ironically, they were making fun of the fact that they ran out and people had sold somebody. I think somebody sold one for like a million dollars, and. <laughs> That's they ironically tried to bring it back, and then they did bring it back, and ironically, the fans almost beat each other to death over it. Right, because so. it wasn't enough. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's got to be interesting, y'all's uh, line of work. Where I'm sure there are certain things, certain items that it is every, especially something like collecting. It's subjective. It's like, what are you going to value the most, and what is the market going to bear? But when it's like a one of a kind item. Oh, yeah. And what's the market going to bear really can come down to what is one person willing to pay, like well, that one fanatic. I can give you a good example because I haven't uh, – I've just started there a few weeks ago, and uh, so I haven't experienced this 
from the shop perspective, but uh, Brent had a comic, I guess, about four or five years ago, and the there was much dickering, and I want to say it, maybe it was a Spider-Man number one in a very high grade, like a 7.580 grade. And for the listeners who don't know, it's a 1 to 10 scale. Once you get to 9, it breaks down in points by increments of 2. Once you get to 8, it goes 9, 8, 9, 9, 10, 0. Yeah. You don't see 9, 9s and 10, 0s. Those are purple unicorns. 9, 8 is very uncommon for Gold and Silver Age, which is the oldest books. So he has this Edo Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 1. Hmm which at the time was probably a $60,000 book. And this is, like I said, five or six years ago. And uh, 60000 was the latest going number that people were going by as a guide. Well, you know, Brent said, I'm not selling it for less than $100,000. Right. And, uh, you know, because where are you going to go find eight O's? You just don't find it. Right. And the guy said, no, there's, you know, there's no way I'm paying that. And uh, a month goes by, and he says, you know, it's 105000 And the guy's like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? He said, I, you know, a month has gone by, and, and I've had other offers I've turned down. So the guy ultimately buys it for 105000 that grade, and now it's a $350,000 comic book. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, so, you know, you, you, you get that situation where, yeah, you've got this to go by. I mean, Action Comics, number one, which mm. is a good deal older than Spider-Man, number one, because the Spider-Man, number one, without being too convoluted, was not the first appearance of Spider-Man. Action Comics, number one, is the first appearance of Superman. And uh, that sold in 2016 for $3.2 in 9-0 condition. I don't know. I guess what we're talking about is kind of... uh, It's what modern culture has become, but in a really good way. A lot of people sit and will... You'll see these thing pieces about the materialism and the the postmodern world and like all this (laughs) stuff. Like Everything's a copy of a copy of a copy, and it's so depressing. Pressing and I'm and but, deep, but I mean the part of me is like what you're talking about. It reminds me of like the car world and how they auction off, especially cars. Where yep. else do you get? Okay, you get kind of fake sports like professional wrestling. You get actual sports memorabilia. You get into other types of games that I think will probably overtake at you know physical sport as we go into the future with right. video game or card games. And how is it that in this one place, online or the brick and mortar? You're getting all these worlds that don't seem to be related are related in right. the way they function, whether it's their markets or it's the the passion that people that are involved in these things do. And I can't think of any other time in human history where you've had this. Well, again, it's because of the internet. I mean, and you've always had markets and the bazaar and these sort of things. But it's pretty remarkable when I realize the depth of how all these things overlap. Um, now, I want to also get into kind of where y'all began. Like, why you say, Hunter, you just graduated. Right. Why did you jump into this world? Like, it was just began as a passion? Yeah, uh, I guess in high school, you know, I really, I really was enthusiastic about games, and I played Magic and things like that. Um, I went to college, and I, you know, I changed majors once or twice, and ended up with music. Uh, you know, went, ended up going in for a music degree. Uh, finished my degree, and I mean, to a crowded market, you know, with with teachers everywhere, and um, all these extra things you need to be a teacher. Now, mm. I was unable to really get, you know, what I was looking for there. But, um, you know, with my other things, gaming, I ended up finding a job at GameStop. I ended up working there for, you know, four years. Sure. Uh, you know, come out of that, great. And then I met, you know, Lee was one of my customers at GameStop and was like, you know, man, you know about Magic. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I get it. You know, I, I played for seven or eight years. He's like, well, I think I know this guy 
that might need somebody that's like a manager for gaming. And I was like, you know that that sounds like something I would want to do. Absolutely. You know, uh, I can go from music to business. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I got bills to pay too. So that's right. And uh, we're doing it, man. It's I've been there about three months now, and I'm loving it. You know, every day I go into work, and I know. Uh, hey, these are my expectations, but it's not a big corporation. If I mess up, I can go, hey, Brent, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, this yeah. happened. I messed up. And I'm not, there's not the, I love the it corporate. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not the corporate. So Brent had uh, some things going on. His girl's out of uh, school today, and uh, he had a pre- previous engagement. And he's like, hey, why don't you ask Connor to go? And I was like, that'd be a great idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. So where else are you going to go to? If you work for a corporation, oh, take your uh, three-month employee and go to the radio station and do a show. You know, that's awesome. And we're, we're a yeah, team. You know, and Maybe I'm the operations manager. <laughs> maybe Brent Meshlin's the owner. Maybe Hunter's the gaming manager. But it's a team. Yeah. You know, this uh, yeah. Quality Commons is a team sport. We're going to we're gonna Ooh, ri- awesome. raise all tides together, you know. Well, so and, awesome. no, and I love, I love entrepreneurs. And again, if you told the kids we grew up as, you get to run a business based on all <laughs> these things you currently love that your parents tell you to give up and give up your childhood, and that's that's amazing. Oh, yeah. It really is. And I, you know, I'm all for. You know, you get serious. You learn how to make a dollar. You learn how to take care of yourself. These sort of things. It's not all just ideals and pie in the sky. But uh, you can also, at the end of the day, if you can make money and make a living having fun, that's the dream. It really is the dream. Um, and it, I wanted to ask you, if you big into music, like, if I, like say, your Mount Rushmore of bands or artists, who, who do you throw oh, out? Man. Musicians. That's rough. It is rough. I, I know, listen I, to everything. I hate those questions, too, but I'm just kind of putting <laughs> you on the spot. Uh, technically, I'm trained in classical music, so one of my favorite things is, is classical. Mm. Um, uh, Brahms and Mendelssohn, you know, two of my favorite composers. Um and then if you move into, I guess, more modern stuff, I listen to rock and metal and, sure. you know, just about everything. Um, I guess As I Lay Dying is probably one of my favorite bands of all time. They just recently got back together after a, like, seven-year hiatus. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Very cool. Like some good stuff, I guess. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not learning. classically trained. So mine would be what were, what formed memories in my childhood. And a lot of people go, oh, God, when I say it, but Hank Williams. Okay. You know, we used to sit around and sing it. My dad and I, you know, in the car, we're driving down. Uh, Louisiana is flatter than this desk. And so, you know, we'd find a station with old country music, and Hank Williams would be playing, and he'd start singing along, and I'd start singing along. And then after that, he was not much into it, obviously. He was born in 1935. But Run DMC. Like the Raisin Hell oh, sure, record man. is the greatest rap record of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and then I would have to say it's kind of weird because, again, a time after my mother passed away, I was dating a young lady who was big into opera, and I, Maria Callas was just... So I found myself dealing with emotions with Maria Callas playing and uh, with Beethoven, and those are those are... Like right now, I'm getting goosebumps because those are things that mean... And if somebody said, pick what you want to hear... You know, because this is all you get to listen to, it'd be in that order. It'd be Hank, DMC, Maria Callas, and <laughs> Beethoven. Absolutely. And and maybe a little Zeppelin uh, mixed in, too. Yeah, I have to say, when I first got obsessive uh, and, like, really nerded out, geeked out on music, it was at first <clears throat> Zeppelin. <clears throat> Though I'm raised both my dad and uncle by Steely Dan nerds. 
Like how much I listened. I listened to a lot of Steely Dan just because I rode in the car with them. Like weird, like gold teeth. I mean, <laughs> those are songs other. you could just kill the lyrics and just. Well, yeah, you know, one of the lyrics the half the time are, are riddles, man. Right, right. These weird hipster Jewish guys from New York. It's a weird sensibility, um, and I. I mean, I appreciate it, and I love that music. I like their style. If we're going to try to find perfection with playing like musical bands, well, musical bands, obviously, <laughs> but you know, like musical chairs, right, right. You know, just this is the band of the day, and they would find exact and then kind of back off that perfection is where they would go. But out of that, I kind of found on my own because I love blues music. I found Zeppelin, and I got really into Zeppelin and in this crazy phase. And then out of that, I find. A complete different direction. I find Prince, and like I'm still to this day an oh, obsessed Prince, so uh, Prince fan. Um, and it's then it branched off out after Prince into I very much relate after my mom passed uh, a few years ago. Uh, classical music was the only thing that could really hit that emotion. There was something it, it about would the, just take the pain away and replace it with something else almost. Yeah. Like, well, the and the lack of... Because uh, I wasn't necessarily listening to operas. If I was, I was listening like, to the, the prelude. Um, but the lack of kind of words and just let the music flow over you and the depth that those sort of composers could put together, you don't necessarily get that in a pop song. Right. And, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but the music was almost doing the speaking. You almost yeah, had right. lyrics in there. I mean, it's it, so hard to explain, but... Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It, I think though, it, what I find myself listening to lately, yeah. I guess because of influence of a lot of young people around me. Why not? And, and this one is not a young people influence, but Metallica was something at a young age, you know, that I discovered and uh, started really getting oh, into metal and stuff. Yeah. I love Five Finger Death Punch and yeah. uh, my son's ringtone because one of his favorite songs is God's Plan by Drake. So my ringtone when he calls, you know, it plays, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, you know the words of that?" And I'm like, yeah, oh, and I just awesome. I branch out all over the place. Like we've been getting to collecting vinyl, so it I do that too. A lot of uh, <laughs> my current roommate, it's a lot of old soul music. Mm. So like Tyrone Davis and Johnny Taylor and nice. uh, mm. Temptations and the OJ's and the Spinners and all. I mean, like a lot of Mavis Staples and the Staples singers are so good. Mavis in particular. Gladys Knight, yeah. Gladys that, Knight. that lady could melt butter with that voice. He said, my roommate said, by the way, speaking of Gladys Knight, because he's such a big fan of Gladys Knight and, and the Pips, he wanted to go to Halloween as the Pips. And I'm like, but dude, you're white. And, and he's like, I know, I know. I'm not saying I want to go in blackface, but I'll just like wear, you know, he has this whole idea. I'm like, dude, no, you can't be the pips. It's right. not going to work out. Don't but, put your limitations on me. But then I'm kind of just starting like the beginnings of like the, the more iconic, not the deep cuts, iconic like metal bands. Because I was like, mm, too much soul music. Like I need a little something heavier, a little drive in the morning when I work out. That's so right. the last few months has been a lot of like Maiden. I love Maiden. Oh, Great. it's hard good, good. to beat. Like I mean it. I heard. I listened to <laughs> Number of the Beast one morning, and it's like, can you imagine being a young Bruce Dickinson, a stadium full of people in front of you, and you hit that first big note at the beginning? And it's just the the energy that it has. To, oh. 
I love that sort of stuff, uh, and you don't get that in a lot of other music. Kiss so. and Motley Crue was my mm-hmm. very first concert, man, and it really? was absolutely mine was great. Danzig and Metallica. Oh, wow. That's awesome too. <laughs> Danzig rolls wow. down the stage, and it, it, the, the stage is dark, and there's fog coming across it, you know, and then he hits that riff from Mother. That's the first yeah. song he sings. A boom, oh, yeah. and he's, it really is like Mother. You know, oh, everybody's yeah. like. Oh, God, it was oh, amazing. Yeah. Lake and Charles, Louisiana. Just, I don't know how long ago it's been. Yeah, yeah. metal's hard to be with that energy. Like, if I I rode in the other day to uh, Master of Puppets. There you go. And oh, was yes. just, and I'm like, not just that song, the album, just had it on. It was like, oh, yeah. I, and I don't know, I, I had my top down in the car, and it was one of those great <laughs> days. And other right. people were looking at me, I had just earbuds in, though. And you're, <laughs> people couldn't like hear them. Like where the guys were rocking out, and everybody's looking at him crazy. Mine's Man. Sad But True. If I got something to do, I play Sad But True. See, that, that album was ruined for me, because our high school football what? coach would play it before oh, every game. That's me with wrestling practice. They always played the Black Album. Yeah. Really? Every single time, yeah. And wow. it's just always. after you hear Sad But True a hundred times. It's ACDC. Like, same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Same two thing. songs for events. One is Sad But True. The other one, Hunter knows, but I'm not telling. <laughs> my fishing song. Oh, I got you. Yep, yep. But you got me thinking about classical and... Uh... It's become a meme now, Lee. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It has. Because the kid, the Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, the Walmart oh, kid. God. That's one of Lee's favorite songs. That kid ruined it. Love Sick uh, Blues by Hank Williams. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's a rule. If you're in the car and we're going fishing... Gosh. Everybody sings along. He made me do it. Even if you're just making noise, you got to holler and sing with Lovesick Blues. Absolutely. Well, I'm going back to the uh, the classical note here. This is one that I listened to a lot when I was kind of in my, my deep melancholy is, uh, what, Bruckner? Symphony mm-hmm. Number no. 9, D minor. It's very good. And I, well, I found it because I read a Charles Bukowski poem. It was like, think about all the second best in life, like Bruckner to Wagner. And it's like, think about the second best who tried their damnedest, but they never were quite... We need to respect those people. I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. But I was kind of listening to that going, I think I'm going to finish second best, or I'll, I'll aspire to that. Maybe I'll be the, the very best, like no one ever was. Ever was. Never or ever. No, no one ever. Oh, of course. But uh, we got to hit a break here. And two, Symphony Number no. 9 by Bruckner. I want to tell folks about my good friend. I had breakfast with him the other day. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Now, he's been helping me out. And if you are thinking of finding a real estate agent, think Eddie Bader, 322-0662. If you're thinking of a real estate agent, I'm going to say it again, Eddie Bader, 322-0662. And if you want to meet this man in person, not just talk to him on the phone, well, there's an open house this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, both days, 2 until 4. 406 Sheila Boulevard. A big open house. Amazing home. You can register for a gift card they'll give away between those two hours both days. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, large sun porch, located within walking distance of everything you need to be in in Prattville. It's an amazing place. Bruckner might have been second best of Wagner. Yeah, that's an obscure reference for all you country bumpkins <laughs> out there, all you ding-dongs and ass-hats. Thank you for listening. But Eddie Bader is not second best. Eddie Bader is the best. He'll go above and beyond. So give him a call, 322-0662. Visit thegoodsongroup.com or go buy the open house again this Saturday and Sunday, both days, 2 to 4 in the afternoon, 406 Sheila Boulevard. 
Well, folks, we got to hit a break. We'll be right back after this. Joey Clark. Welcome back. Hmm. I'm having a good evening. You know, the other day, and by the other day, I mean about, you know, two years ago. Right. I was hanging out with my brother. We were, this is when we were just living in an apartment together. And this is why everything's become a nostalgia play. And the story has nothing to do with Metallica's battery. I just like the song. Um, and we're sitting there trying to figure out what to watch because, you know, like, do you want to go out? It's like, nah, man. So much money. I mean, what are we going to do? Drink? Just feel bad the next day? It's like, yeah, you're right, bro. Um, what do you want to do? You want to watch, like, Scrubs or Friends? I'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. Uh, oh, look at that on Hulu. You remember Yukio? And I, we went through and watched, like, the whole thing of Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, would fast-forward through certain parts, because what's funny when you go back and watch kids' shows is, like, how much they hammer home. Here's the character. Here's the basic plot. Here's the character. Here's the basic plot. Here's the good guy. Here's the bad guy. Here's what they're going to do and fight. And it's, like, hits you over the head to make sure you understand. It's like watching old Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> hey, man. I love me some Dragon Ball oh, Z. Oh, no, me too. I used to do that <laughs> at a, four or five years ago. I was at a place. We'd you go watch like the last five minutes of the show and, and know the whole well, show. we found somebody had strung them all together online to where it kind of went faster. You didn't have to oh, see yeah. all the repetition. You need, the you need to go back and watch Dragon Ball Superman. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. good stuff. <laughs> well, and that's what I found. It's like it's so enjoyable. I mean... Is there, and this is what I want to ask, is there a show, and you just kind of answered it, but a show that you loved as a kid that really holds up today with more adult eyes? Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. I've never heard of You've never heard of that? Man, I am, I'm, no, I'm I am, bringing you this Blu-ray. I'm not even kidding. I am ignorant of this, yes. Old it school, is, uh, late 90s. So you said kid, so I, I kind of thought of Cowboy Bebop, but I wasn't a oh, kid. Man. I was... But I was a kid. Cowboy I was 20. Bebop. Whatever. The name isn't ringing a bell. I mean, so I can pull it up. Pull it up, man. It's really awesome. It's, it's an anime, you know, of course. Um, it's set in space in the future. All right. There are basically bounty hunters. Oh. And so it's it's about... So good. Bounty hunters. Uh, it's all about jazz music. It's like a rebirth of the jazz era. So every fight, it's jazz music during the fights. The battles are beautiful. The animation is great. The yeah. story kind of drags you on. You know, at first you're kind of like, oh, this is you know a cute little anime that's got great, you know, music and everything. And then you start realizing the bigger story that's overarching after the first couple episodes, and it just drags you in. And by the end, the ending is just so poetic. I, I think I just sat and cried after wow. when it ended. I mean, it was just great. Well, and this is a <laughs> this is a one-off movie. No, it's a full twenty-six, full... Yeah, twenty-five, twenty-six episodes. Oh, wow. Okay, it's, I it's like a classic. That. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I like more investing. 
and like and jumping into there's a world. movie afterwards though too so okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. that's see I always worry though with like those animated like an animated series or any type of series and then they jump into a feature film it's like ooh be careful guys right. no this one's good it's all good that's good that's good um, I'm trying to think of because I've I've gone back and watched childhood stuff. I mean, my one takeaway from watching Yu-Gi-Oh! again was, like, there's this one character, and we were watching it in, like, 2014, and so there's this one character that they're, like, trying to save, or just, I'll just cut to the chase. It's like, Isis, save us! Isis! (laughs) And it was, like, the classic Egyptian goddess Isis, but it just struck me as, like, aren't those the terrorist guys that are killing people in Toyota pickup trucks and with U.S. armaments uh, that they stole? Stole? Air quotes, stole? Anyway, um, yeah, it's... It's fun sometimes going back, but then have you go- ever gone back to something that you used to hold really in high esteem, but when you watched it with more critical eyes, you're like, oh no. Oh, Voltron <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> Voltron. So bad. Oh, I just wanted that toy, so, like 1984, I guess, the five lions, and you know, you, all the five lions formed together to form Voltron. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got it, and I'd watched that show religiously at you know 11, 12 years old, and I tried to rewatch the series. Somebody bought it for me for a gift. I've made it through about seven minutes over two years, you know. I'm like, <laughs> oh. But the the one that holds dear for me is Transformers the movie that was just reshown at uh, Chantilly or AMC recently. Yeah. And uh, you know, as a kid, Transformers first you had these little robots called GoBots that came out, and then Transformers came out, and then you're like, oh, GoBots are crap. You know, Transformers. Have all these more, these better parts. And the and all Transformers stuff. series was made and to was sell the toy. Literally, right? I mean, it was yeah. amazing. And uh, uh, so you you have this buildup of the series, and they keep talking about this movie, this movie, this movie. In an age where there was no internet, so you just waited for snippets to pop up in whatever fan magazine or wherever you could find it. And then finally, and I'm pretty sure since it was 1986, I'm not going to have any spoilers here. But 20 minutes in. They killed the character that every kid in the world loved more oh, than man. life itself. And it was Optimus Prime. Yeah. And replaced him with an asshat. So you're sitting there and you're like, Autobots, try and continue without me. And the next guy's like, come on, guys, let's go save that. And you're like, what just freaking happened? Well, so but you're that's crying like, on one hand and the other. You want to cuss and you can't because your parents will catch your butt. But that's like every Disney movie, too, though. It's like, no. In the first few minutes, a parent has to die. But still, or there's no parents at all to begin with. Exactly. Which <laughs> is even worse. Bambi's parent was a deer. You know, they killed a diesel. Bastards. I'm still scarred. I can't look at trucks. <laughs> what about you, Honor? Is there one that you've gone oh, back and man. been like, oh no, I shouldn't have tried to rewatch this? You know, honestly, as much as I love Dragon Ball Z, I was my, it would be Dragon Ball. my fiance had never, Evie had never seen Dragon Ball Z, and I made her. <laughs> She she really wanted to know you know what anime was my favorite growing up and all that because yeah. you know she she didn't watch it growing up so I started her with episode one and I was like let's just watch all of it sure and she was like how much is there I was like uh, <laughs> I think there's 193 episodes could have been worse it could have been One Piece uh, and she said you know that's fine we'll start watching it and about 40 episodes in she's like how many episodes are there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about 153 more, and she's like, "Okay." So we ended up uh, we ended up finishing it though. And when I was done, I was like, "You know, it's still great. I still love it. Sure, it's still got a special place in my heart." But man, it is just not the same. It's hard to. It watch. is not as as. It is not as. I mean, 
yeah, magical as I remember the well, first time. You get time what you know. I mean, too. Like, <laughs> they are hitting children over the head of here's good guy, bad guy, right. motivation, <laughs> I, you know, obstacle. Right. Here's what the outcome is. It's <laughs> a formula, man. Bam, bam, bam. Over, bam. over, over again. Like, I can't. I, I used to love the Pokemon cartoon when I was a kid. Did you see that? Are you going to go with the movie? I haven't. No, oh, I haven't man. seen the movie. Or, no, the first movie that came out with it? Yeah, it was. They tried to kill Ash. That that, that shouldn't have happened. Well, no, I'm thinking of the one with the all the tears, like all the magical tears. That's what I'm talking about. They yeah. bring it back. Yeah, yeah, they bring it back with the. It's like, what is this? What is this? Why I had did to you watch do that? the one with the little little tree seed, green, whatever. I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. My kids were very young and probably not far off y'all's age, unfortunately. But uh, it was Celipi or Celafi or something Celebi. like that. And it was all about rescuing this little green Pokemon. Right. And we watched it. Shrek, I watched five thousand times and liked it. But this Pokemon, <laughs> every day, watch it when he got when when I got home from work, had to watch it with him and had to watch it with him before bedtime. And like it was, please God. Well, save and me. that's where, especially if you're you're older and you become a parent, you appreciate content that kids can watch that's still sophisticated. And has a it, it's impressive in how deep it is. Like go back, folks, if you get a chance, and watch Disney's Pinocchio. It's a oh, freaky, yeah. interesting movie. Yeah. Like what is going There's on a lot here? Happening right There's in a lot this going movie, on. and it it does make me think of like all the stuff we're we're saying we love. There are iterations of it that are just crap. And I'll, I'll give an example, like wrestling when it's done right it's amazing and really cool like over years storytelling oh yeah cool stuff but most of the time it's utter garbage and kind of (laughs) like b-rated reality tv kind of combining you know stunts athletic stunts with soap opera and others and it's misses the mark a lot of the time but when it's good it's good. Same with a lot of other things. It's it like when it's we, right, it's I mean, right. Even comic books. I was going to uh, say, man. Archie comics, if you read Archie comics from the 40s, you'll blush. I mean, they are clean. It's written clean, but the innuendo is mm, blasting. Hilarious. I mean, there are so many. If you read them, it's unbelievable how poignant and how uh, what what the level of innuendo is. Uh, there, I won't even tell you is about one from panel, the but forties. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, uh, you have to come to the shop sometime. We've got one there that is. Was that the first little Archie? The first innuendo cover. Was it that yeah, one? Yeah, one. Oh, of that them. one is hilarious. It's so we, I, we can't even tell you about it because it's just too much. But uh, you know, that's that's another thing with the comics that we love. You know, to, to talk about the shop one more time is the history of it. You know, the comics yeah. are becoming. You know, we don't have a Louvre. We don't have a Mona Lisa. We don't have a, a Michelangelo or you know some of the things that. Uh, that these European uh, artists, you know, of antiquity, uh, we don't have that. So no. we have American icons, and they've become the Bob Canes who, who created Batman and the Joe uh, Schuster and, you know, Stan Lee. I mean, Stan Lee, most people who go to the movies, they, they know who Stan Lee is. Yeah. He's a Marvel guy. He went to work for Marvel in 1938 as a janitor. And he's been there ever since. And they started when they were called Timely Publications, then Timely Comics, then Marvel Comics. We had a Marvel Comics number four from 1939 that came through. Actually, I think we still have it. Um, And, uh, you know, that guy has been there since comics were a small thing. And he actually ushered in the era from the 60s. A lot of people don't realize comics were bigger in the 60s than they are now. In as much as their impact on culture, if you mm-hmm. read a lot of books from that era, um, 
the films make it seem like they're bigger than they've ever been by population they are but by impact and by you know there was no superhero movies there was no uh, super special effects on the TV there was, they tried but you know so we comics the were the place you could go and get the latest right. most innovative thing and the parents were like what are you reading that's well, crazy and it's still that way today animation you can get away with everything almost in animation so much more I mean the, the my, could, my Hero Academia why. shows you, you have yeah. to watch it Joe you would love that show Okay. The, the thing about animation now is because they can get away with so much more there are ways for them to make it way more interesting than a lot of today's shows on right. TV exactly and I find that you know uh, if it's more well, interesting, of course, I'm going to want to watch it. Well, you know, and, you understand why Netflix is coming up with all their own uh, anime all the time, you know, because it's I've, proprietary. But I've also heard comedians talk about how with animation, and you see this with South Park and Family Guy and Rick and Morty. And like, Rick and, yeah, right. You can get away with a lot more. You yeah. really can't. And I, I hate to bring it back to wrestling again, but it's like, hey, all you people that say it's fake, when they do some stunt that you don't like, now you're all upset. And you're right. like, well... Why does it bother you if it's fake? It, because people get confused because it is an actual person doing right. something. Where if it, you get upset over an animated character doing something, and I'm sure there's been animation that people get upset over, but still, it's like, come on, man. You can get away with things when it's animated Nobody's in a way... Hurt. Right. But, I mean, part of me wonders, and it, it, you bringing up kind of the, the innuendo of the 40s when you do have cultural restrictions on like what you can say and what you can show people it amazes me how much they come up with uh, creative ways within those restrictions to really express something and almost it has more power and I never want to be the guy that's like restrict any sort of expression for the most part unless you're like and I mean hell even if you are feeling violent like you need to if you're feeling that way let's talk it out don't actually act it out right right um, <laughs> do this well, animation you know, about the, it that right. makes you feel better one of the things with uh, with comics is you know you had the comics code that came around in the 50s and before that there weren't as many restrictions like Batman used to kill people all the time. There's a cover of Batman firing a Gatling gun with Robin Belt feeding the ammunition, <laughs> no, and it's a awesome. war cover from the '40s. That's awesome. And there's a there's a Kurtzman. I think it's Harvey Kurtzman. Harvey Kurtz. There's a comic from the uh, '40s where uh, the lady's having a problem with their kitchen table, and it's an innuendo comic. And in the middle of the comic, she says, "I can't figure out why I'm sque- why I'm that where that noise is coming from." And he says, "Well, hold on, I'll get down there and check between your legs." And he's talking about the table legs, Woo. but it's a very heavy reference Woo. and so the comics code came in and said nah not anymore yeah well so. and what's interesting is it does change for the times and uh i had mentioned it yesterday a good friend of mine dan sanchez he's a big fan of it. i need to read the book called super gods i believe like something morrison it's talking about how comics and, and superheroes in particular have influenced culture and almost uh, the, yeah and it, uh, in telling mythology and telling over our, it's like modern myth making and that's so much of what uh, I think the comic book lore has provided and so much of what we've talked about today and yeah America doesn't have this deep history and so if we can sort of tackle you know thousand year old themes within newer mediums it allows for us to sort of process things, and especially in a world that's changing really quickly, again, because well, of the Internet. Half the entertainment on, on Netflix, on Hulu, on wherever, the Matrix movies, yeah. it's all comics. Exactly. It's all comics. Go back and you'd be amazed at how many comic books are filling the entertainment. You think you're not reading comics, you're watching Well, them. and really, technology is caught up to where you can now do it with live action. Right. You can, but the average Joe has no idea he's reading a comic book or watching well, a comic right. book. And that's fine. Sometimes, I mean, the... 
the priests don't need to tell the lady exactly how they do their tricks. Right. Um, and it, it's, it brings me to this idea that he said, we need a Superman Day, not a Columbus Day, not even a, a George Washington Day. Or Celebrate, even though you know it's a, a fictional character, it represents real ideals and things to aspire to. Right. Right. And there's a reason people will pay thousands of dollars for certain things. It's not just sentimental value. It represents something that uh, inspires right. or informs. Think of the history behind something. You know, I, I, I was passed, uh, when I first started working there, someone passed me a copy of Batman Number 1. Like the first... Uh, oh my goodness. That's when we took a picture with Greg. We got <sighs> to get that friend in the frame for him. I holding get that, by there. Holding that, that book... Just think of all the history that's been there. Think Absolutely. of where that book has been. Where was this book in 1943? Where was this book in, in the 60s? You know, 